Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This segment is that possible? Play it up there. So I have an actually anything's possible if you dream, Jack. <laughs> yeah, uh, Gordon Chang coming up in, yeah. a, in a few moments <laughs> to talk about uh, China and what bastards they are. That's yes, the, they are bastards. That's I want to talk about how NPR, na- nakedly progressive radio, who you'd think would be critical of a regime that has millions of people in concentration camps, is so obsessively anti-Trump that they were forcefully. This morning, I happen to be listening for a couple minutes. Say, this is the theory about an escape from a Chinese lab. Come on now. These these labs were trained by scientists. There's no way that happened. But why are you carrying Chairman Xi's water, you morons? Yeah, it's a confusing one. Um, but so uh, I heard about this ad yesterday. Trump's got a campaign out there. He's running for president, you see, against Joe Biden. There's an election in November. I don't know how we're going to do the election. 
if this uh, whole bat flu is still going on. But uh, nah, throw on a mask and vote, you cowards. Worry about that when the time comes, I guess. Um, uh, but uh, I came across this on Ian Bremmer's account, and Ian Bremmer is not particularly a Trump fan, and he said that this is really a good ad, pretty devastating. There's some reading that's going to be involved here uh, from the screen. Obviously, you can't see the TV ad. You can only hear it. We'll see how it plays here. We turn now to that $350 billion fund to help small businesses and its workers get through the shutdown. It will be up to Congress to restock it. But Democrats blocking that move this morning. They asked for a quarter of a trillion dollars in 48 hours. I said, well, I don't, I don't think so. Americans are losing their jobs. the Senate Democrats. Speaker Pelosi, what are you going to share with us from your home? Chocolate candy. Thousands have been forced to wait for hours at food banks all across the country. This is... Oh, my. Chocolate, and then we have some other chocolate here. We just got it restocked, the ice cream. You Not everyone has a $24,000 stock fridge. Much longer. I'm trying so hard. We were, can we say, enjoying. Having to admit that, yeah, we're starving, and I like it better than anything else. Taping this segment, there are 22 million people out of This work. specific program is about stopping job losses today. Pelosi snacks on ice cream. Our family go for some other flavors, but while Americans lose their paychecks. I don't know where that next something else will come from. I don't know what I would have done if ice cream were not invented. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Let them eat ice cream, Nancy Antoinette. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, my That's God. That's fair. <laughs> the quote at the end. <laughs> Let them eat ice cream, Nancy Antoinette. I guarantee you Trump had his hands on that one. <laughs> I find it interesting that the last time around, you know, to some extent, Trump was running against Nancy Pelosi as much as Hillary. Now it appears they've just absolutely doubled down on that notion. Yeah, that was that was not a good move from someone who understands politics as well as Nancy Pelosi. To be dressed the way she was dressed, I mean, she looks like a queen of some sort. Standing in her crazy kitchen of her, whatever it is, $60 million home, um, in front of her, what the Internet has dubbed a $24,000 refrigerator stocked full of fancy ice cream and yeah. talking about how delicious it is. Of course, all the celebrities have fallen prey to this. Yeah. Not yeah. getting that we're not enjoying this, watching you movie star be in your kitchen and talk about how you're dealing with Corona. None of us are enjoying this. No, we don't feel like you're like us, because you're not like us. Or that we're suffering together somehow, and it is making me feel better. Right, right. There are a couple of different narratives you could do that with Nancy, (laughs) too. The the people protesting to get their jobs back, to restart the economy. Her saying, I don't understand it. Stay home and stay safe. Yeah, you don't understand it, because you got $700 million in the bank. Man, the number of entertainment celebrities who have guaranteed contracts for years. I know how those contracts work. And then you got your politicians with hundreds of millions of dollars in the bank. And, and people like that, or academics and, and politicos and people who will never, ever miss a paycheck. No government employee will miss a paycheck. Those people lecturing the rest of us on how you need to have patience. We'll restart the economy when it's safe. Oh, man, I don't want to hear another word from those people. No, you don't have to be wealthy. I've, I've said this forever. I, I, I've never known this feeling, but i got to believe if you can't lose your job, you look at every aspect of the day differently from the moment you get up to the moment you go to bed. Sure. Everything is different in your life if you can't lose your job. Including if you have a generous and rock-solid pension. I have friends, sure. thoroughly good people who are in that situation. But you do have a very different perspective on weighing risk. Oh, heck yeah. 
if you lose your job and, and you're and you're feeling, which is most of us, everything I've accumulated, whatever it is, this is what I've got to live on for the rest of my life and unless I can dig up a way to get some more. Right. It's it's a whole different situation. Yeah, you're a waitress with a couple of kids and you, you do not have rent money for May first. Uh, you're going to weigh risk a little differently than the independently wealthy, the guaranteed employed, uh, or the uh, well-pensioned. And somebody has to speak for those people, now, and I'd, I'd like to think we do to some extent. Now let's get to the fairness of the, the grubby word of, world of politics in that ad. How about, how about the choosing all the ice cream stuff with Nancy Pelosi and the let them eat ice cream Nancy <laughs> I, I don't think that was an actual quote. <laughs> that was perfect. That's what she meant. Boy, in the, in the game of modern age advertisement, that is pretty good. I can see why Ian, Ian Bremmer tweeted that out and said this is a pretty devastating ad. Yeah, that was quite yeah. something. It's a blood sport, man. Oh uh, yeah. I would like to know who was behind that ad. I got to believe Trump. Uh, he might have seized on the ice cream part of it and said, "Make something out of this." And what's that guy's name? Pascal, the guy who runs his oh, camp. Brad Pascal. Yeah, I'll bet he had handed it too. He's good at that sort of stuff. Oh yeah, and there are, there are super packs out there with smart smart people. They know how to wield a hatchet. Man, so. that is the tone of now. That sort of thing. Wait till the Joe Biden is senile ads start coming out. The president must be ready for anything. I um uh, I, I wish I'm uh or uh, uh you know Joe just uh, you know hemming and hawing and saying crazy stuff, talking about his hairy legs. <laughs> so coming I got up, hairy legs. So coming up next, we're gonna have one of the great China kickers on to kick China. Seems like it'd be the perfect thing to do with him. That's next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. God, I'm trying to dig up my notes here. I saw a Chinese official the other day that said um, um, uh, the the USA America is just making things more difficult in the world during this troubled time by muddying the waters on some of these issues. No, stop it. It's just it's just incredible, and uh, and the and so much of the media goes along with it. It's very very troubling. Gordon Chang is an author and columnist who lived and worked in China and Hong Kong for almost two decades and continues to study uh, the Chinese society and uh, government. He is uh, at Twitter at Gordon G. Chang, uh, and he joins us now on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Gordon, how are you, sir? I'm fine, thank you, and thank you so much. Oh, it's it's always our pleasure. Hey, let's begin with the question of the origin of this virus. Do you find uh, compelling the idea that it escaped from uh, that Wuhan lab studying uh, bat coronaviruses? Yeah, the preponderance of the evidence is that it did indeed escape from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. The Lancet, which is the authoritative British medical journal, on January 24th published an article which said that many of the initial coronavirus cases had no connection with the Wuhan wet market, which is what the alternate theory was, the one being pushed by Beijing. Um, So that means it must have come from the lab. And, And there's other indications to that effect as well. What's the most troubling aspect of the way China's handled it? Uh, this to you the the well the original thing obviously was was a problem in that um, uh, it slowed down the world's response but man a lot of the propaganda coming out of China since then hasn't been helpful either 
No, it certainly hasn't. But the most troubling aspect of this is that Xi Jinping, the Chinese ruler, took actions which inevitably led to the spread of the disease outside China. As a matter of fact, if after having seen what the virus did to China, if he wanted to level the field by spreading it elsewhere, he would have done exactly what, in fact, he did do. Uh, so, for instance... Wow, if that was time, his goal, you're saying, was to spread it around the world, wow. he'd have done what he did. Yes. Um, two things. First of all, uh, for about five and a half weeks, the Chinese government lied about the human-to-human transmissibility of the disease. Government knew that it was H-to-H, as they say, um, but China tried to convince the world it was not. Second of all, Xi Jinping tried to pressure countries to keep their borders open to arrivals from China. Those are the arrivals who spread the disease outside of that country. Uh, you put those two things together, and the only conclusion that fits the facts is that either Xi Jinping was reckless or he maliciously spread it. I vote for maliciously spread. Do you have a, a number you feel comfortable with or a range of how many deaths they've actually had in China from this thing? We don't know. Um, they, they are only saying about 46, 4,700 deaths. Um, people have been talking about 49 or 50,000 in Wuhan alone. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's not. Um, we don't have enough evidence to be comfortable with any number. Okay. Hey, back Fair to your enough. premise. What would be the motivation for Xi to want to spread it around the world? What 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 possible gain do they get out of that? Well, I suppose that um, if they were the only country to be affected by the coronavirus, they would be at a big disadvantage because they would be hobbled, and the rest of the world would be going on as it was. This they sort of leveled the field um, by putting everyone on their um, same level. Also, once they did that, they could then um, say, "Well, look, you know." Uh, our response was great. Uh, the response in the U.S. was horrible, which is, in fact, what they did. They could muddy the waters. Um, so they, they I'm not saying it was a good thing for them to do, but I'm saying that it was, from their perspective, if you're a Chinese communist, it was a rational thing to do. Gordon Chang's on the line. You can see him on the Twitter machine at, at Gordon G. Chang. I was reading in Bloomberg News this morning, Gordon, that um, a lot of European diplomats have had it up to their neck with China. And if anything, this is really going to cause China to lose influence and, and lose some of the inroads they've made in, in Europe. Do you think that's true? Yes, that is true. Um, for instance, in Britain, for instance, where Boris Johnson, the prime minister, um, decided to include Huawei Technologies 5G equipment, that's fifth generation of wireless communication. Uh, Now that decision in all probability will be reversed. We are seeing statements from, for instance, President Macron of France, which are very, very um, um, critical of China. And that has, has not been something that we have heard in a very, very long time. So I think that Chinese diplomats actually went too far in a number of those countries, including um, France, which was once a big friend of China. Boy, I hope that uh, lasts for a while. What's going on with the World Health Organization? Why are what's their motivation in 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 going so far to cover for China? Are they just getting checks? Did China buy them a house? What's going on there? Well. Um, I don't know whether individual officials of WHO got money, but clearly China spent millions of dollars to elect uh, Dr. Tedros as the director general of the organization. So Tedros owes his position to China. Also, Tedros is a leftist anyway, and so that would fit in with uh, uh, Chinese goals. 
Um, but, you know, in terms of checks to the organization, the U.S. each year, you know, gives them something in excess of $400 million. The Gates Foundation pumps in a lot more money. China's contribution is between 40 and $50 million a year. So it's not a question of money buying influence. As a matter of fact, when you look at the numbers, it's almost the opposite. Sure. Gordon Chang is on the line. Uh, what do we expect next from China? What are what do you think their next strategic move is, having realized they stepped in it? Well, I think that uh, even though they decided they stepped in it, they're going to continue stepping in it. That is Xi Jinping's style. You know, this whole idea of trying to gain influence in the middle of a pandemic um, is bold. Uh, this goes back to Mao Zedong, the founder of the People's Republic, and a hero of Xi Jinping, the current ruler. So we really shouldn't be too surprised, but... Um, I think that they are going to play this to the end. And we've seen provocations in the South China and East China Seas as they picked up the tempo of belligerent moves. That is really dangerous, and uh, there's an indication that something is wrong at the top of the Chinese political system. Also, Beijing now making the argument that Kazakhstan should be a part of China is just audacious beyond belief, but that's what a Chinese diplomat did recently, and it shows that the country is going off the rails. Gordon G. Chang. Gordon, uh, we appreciate the conversation very much. Uh, you can find him on the Twitter, at Gordon G. Chang. Good to talk. Thanks. Thank you so much. All right, you got it. Suck it, China. Wow. That's my official policy. I like it. Um, did you see... The Armstrong Declaration. Did you see that Rob Gronkowski is coming out of retirement to go to the Buccaneers and play with Tom Brady? I just heard that yesterday afternoon. Oh, holy cow. I didn't realize yeah. he's only 30 years old. Is that right? Yeah, he's only 30. Wow, man, he's a little beat up, but he's he's tanned, rested, and ready, as they say. So is this like uh, the, the situation the Warriors were in with some or some of LeBron's teams where you're just going to like pick up anybody available out there? Hey, you want to try to get a championship? Come here. Great player toward the end of your career or prime of your career or whatever. Is that what's going on here, Sean? With Tampa? Yeah. I don't think they believe there are threats for the Super Bowl. You don't think so? No, I think... It, I think they're going to sell a ton of tickets mm. for this and, you know, jerseys and stuff like that. But I don't think they're thinking this turns them into an immediate contender. Or that's assuming well, there's an NFL season. Yeah. I was going to say, keeping in mind, I don't think there will be an NFL season. It's still a fun conversation to have if you like the football. Mm. But uh, now the, the, the Jaguars were a... Uh, or no, we're talking about the... Tampa uh, Bay Bucks. The, the Bucks, that's right. I'm sorry. Well, the Buccaneers, they were a mediocre team. But what were what what were they last year? Well, let me were, were they uh, seven Doesn't make any difference? You're talking about nine? the goat coming in. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, for Sean to declare, you get uh, you get the goat and the Gronk, and and you're not a threat to win the Super Bowl. Those are some bold words. They sir. were seven and nine last year. Exactly, seven and nine. Add five wins to that, Sean. And you know what that gets you? Do you? That you do. Well, simple mathematics. We've all come up with yes. 12. Yeah. Yes, 12 and 4, <laughs> sir. Which would still be second in the division according to last year. But <laughs> that, is the, that is the stuff of a conference championship, and all you ask, Sean, all you ask is for a shot on Super Bowl. All you got to do is make the playoffs, <laughs> assuming there's a season, with their, which there probably won't be. I also saw this headline, the pandemic is hastening the death of the department store. The genre is toast, analysts say. Yeah. Oh. Would that be your J.C. Penney's and those sorts of places? Sure, your Macy's. Yeah, well, they're, they're on their way out anyway, right? 
This just hastened uh, it. That's yeah. the point. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It'll okay. certainly thin the herd. We'll be all right. You know, when the when the, the, the general store from back in the old timey days went away and you ended up with special stores, we survived. It's changing times. No big deal. Yeah, it's kind of hurtful if you work there, you know. Well, yeah, but is anybody going to really miss Kmart? Is that going to change your life a lot? I miss Kmart. No more blue light specials or whatever happened at Kmart? Never again. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You agree this could come back actually worse in, in, in the fall? I don't know if it will be worse. I think this has been pretty bad. Um, when you see what has happened in New York, um, that was very bad. I believe that we'll have early warning signals, both from our surveillance that we've been talking on, about in these, the, on the vulnerable populations. We're going to continue that surveillance from now all the way through the fall to be able to give us that early warning signal. I think what we've learned is how good Americans are about immediately reverting to all of those issues that they need to do in order to ensure that they're protected and their families. Yeah, that's an excellent point from uh, Scarf Lady. Uh, more on that in a second. So she's responding to the chief of the CDC who made a lot of news yesterday by saying there's a possibility that the assault of the virus on our nation this coming winter will actually be even more difficult than what we've just gone through. I thought it was interesting that he used past tense of what we've just gone through. Hmm. Uh, as if it's, you know, we're on the other side of it, according to him. Well, um, the models, which are largely useless, Jack, which I've been studying on a daily basis, do practically unanimously say, oh, yeah, we're on the downside. So, but he said it could be a, a possibility to be worse next winter. It's going to coincide with peak flu season. I've said this to others, and they kind of put their head back. They don't understand what I mean. Two simultaneous outbreaks of respiratory infections would dramatically strain our health care system. And he was making an argument of that... Uh, uh, we need to be concerned about lifting stay-at-home orders. Well, is, what is, is, so is he talking about hanging on to them clear through next winter in case this and the flu hit at the same time? That's not even a starting conversation. Yeah, look, you may be good at your job, sir, but you don't understand societies and economies. You cannot be in charge. I could certainly argue that if indeed he fears the the double whammy of a return of the COVID and the regular flu overwhelming the system next winter, then the thing to do would be to loosen up significantly right now. This is assuming that you can get immunity to the thing by having it. Loosen it up right now because we're so far below capacity in all of the hospitals and all of the ICUs everywhere except for like two places in the Bronx. Um, we have capacity. So, yeah, for God's sake, let's let's go through this now and not next year Well, when we might be overwhelmed by the flu, as he points well, out. Well, Sean was making the point that things have changed anyway. Yeah, we, we are already in a better position to, to battle this should a, a new wave or a new spike come back. Not only do, A, we know what it is, but we've already made, we've identified the shortcomings of our supply chain and are working to, to fix those. The companies like Lego is uh, making face masks every day. Ford has already kind of pivoted towards making ventilator. But right, the the whole goal was never to hide until the virus goes away. It, the point was to slow down the impact it had on our healthcare system. 
of which we have addressed a lot of those issues and are in a much better position to handle said spike. If we had a spike three months ago, yeah, we probably would have been, quote-unquote, screwed, to use a a blunt term. But if we get that spike three weeks from now, we're in an infinitely better position to handle it than we were three weeks ago. And the N95 mask thing has gotten much better as well. Right. Uh, Mask production has gotten ramped up. We have more uh, testing availabilities. More things are coming our way in in that front. Yeah, I got this article. First at-home virus test is cleared by the FDA. If this gets out there and is around, that would would change the game completely. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, I think the key, key thought there that everybody needs to keep in mind is remember we are flattening the curve to avoid overwhelming the healthcare system, not to hide until the virus is gone, because that would be so devastating economically. And remember, the economy is health. We would save 50,000 lives and sacrifice 250,000 lives of poverty, despair, addiction, uh, and the rest of it. Marriages breaking up and kids going through everything and just all that. Dr. Fauci, we had this clip yesterday. Hey, Sean, do you think you can find that Dr. Fauci clip from yesterday when he was talking about, does he ever think about, you know, the deaths of despair, et cetera? I mean, uh, let me try it. Well, no, the... I can just characterize it. That's what that's what he said. Uh, are you? Uh, do you ever think about uh, those deaths? And he said, No, no, that's not my job. Uh, and it's I not. It's not his uh, job. Which is fine. Yeah, but this... we have to have somebody at the table whose job is to look at those two hundred and fifty thousand people we're sacrificing to save the fifty thousand. You know, to be completely fair to CDC Director Robert Redfield, who said there's a possibility that, that this winter will actually be worse. I don't know if the the way this is written, he told the Washington Post there, uh, was the question posed to him. Because this happens all the time with these stories. They uh, that Fauci has complained about this. They hit you with a hypothetical. And then, 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 then they take part of your response and make it seem like you walked out to the podium, laid <coughs> down your book, and announced, next winter will be worse. Well, that's not what happened. Did somebody say to this? Ep- so if Godzilla came back and a <laughs> meteor hit, and Hitler was reborn, and the flu happened, would that actually be worse? It would be worse than anything we've seen so far. And that's the quote you go with. Then your headline is, Dr. Fauci declares next winter will be a disaster. Right. If, you know, Godzilla and Hitler and the rest of them. With some feeling editorialization in there. Devastating. Fauci yeah. says next winter would be worse. Yeah. So, and that has happened a number of times, so I don't know how the question was posed to this poor guy. He might have actually been asked, if the flu came back the same time and this kind of comes back, how bad would that be? Well, it could be worse than now. So I and, and scientists talk about could be in much more free-flowing terms yes, than the average do. person. Yes, could they be do. does not mean likely or will be. There is a realm of possibility that oh, this could exist. Early on, Fauci had to point that out on every damn show he was on. You're asking me about the extreme case. This is the extreme. This is the most outlier on the curve, the least likely thing to happen. And this is what people are asking me every interview. Right. Ask me to respond to the least likely thing to happen. That's a weird way to go about getting information. So, Sean, when you win American Idol, how are you going to handle the money? <laughs> Poorly. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to find this. We got a great note from a beloved listener today um, who was uh, very, very complimentary and in, in saying that um, they're really enjoying the show, 
because I wish I could find it. Well, we also got a text from somebody who said, you guys are backing Dr. Fauci now? When did you sell out? Oh, shut Which, up. Uh, I, I, we, we get those sorts of things all the time. I don't know. Thanks for chiming in, sir or madam. Selling out to big pandemic. I don't know how much money there is in that. I... Yeah, I've been on Fauci payroll since, what, 1988, personally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, the, the, the long and short of it was uh, that they appreciate listening to the show, and especially because every other media outlet is trafficking in terror. In the worst case scenario, in the highest death toll anybody's dared to estimate, just constantly trying to terrify you into tuning in. And yeah, we're not we're not going to traffic in that. Mostly because Doctor Fauci told us not to, <laughs> and he sent me a check. In the contract, it says we're not allowed. He to. sends me free swabs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I got N95 masks piled up to my head. Please, God, I got a couple of good things for you here. First of I'll be, all, I'll be the judge of that. I think you'll, I think you'll guarantee the, the, the morning consult poll that is out. Here's the question: Should non-essential workers be allowed to move freely outside? <sighs> no, seventy-five percent. That's sixty-five plusers, isn't it? I think. Yes, yes, it older is. folks. Who should, tend to vote? should non-essential workers be allowed to move freely outside? They ask older Americans. Seventy-five percent said no. You know, if you gave me 15 minutes to come up with a more prejudicial way to frame that question, I might be able to, but that's some pretty good prejudicial polling. What did you say Robbie Suave of Reason said, Sean? Uh, uh, the book editor at Reason said either these people have a very different misunderstanding of uh, moving freely outside than I do, or this is effing nuts. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. I'd say, see, that sort of thing scares me, and... It, a lot of it does have to do with the way you ask the question. There's no doubt about that. But, boy, people's willingness to have the government tell them to stay inside until the all-clear is blown by the same morons that have done moronic things your whole lives. They didn't get all of a sudden smarter overnight, by the way. Um, <laughs> Before they answered the poll question? No, I'm talking about the government officials that tell you to oh, stay right. in your home. These right. are the same numbnuts that have done dumb things your whole life. Now, all of a sudden, you think they're brilliant and have got the exact moment when we're allowed to be come, back, come back outside and open our businesses? So, should non-essential workers be allowed to move freely outside? No, say 75%. How about this? Even the way it's worded, I think you're crazy to say no to that. Should should people who need jobs be able to do them if it's safe? That's what we're talking about. Move freely. Or, or, or just to tweak the question, should non-essential workers, which I would put in quotes, uh, be allowed to move freely but safely outside? Now, that that poll number, even the way it's asked, frightens the hell out of me. Oh, yeah. I, I hear you. I hear you. Good God. But, but for, I, if, if you interpreted freely to mean... You know, come to your speaking, home and lick you. Speaking <laughs> moistly, <laughs> speaking moistly on each other, as a, a cute little Trudeau in Canada said. That's just yeah. I, the question's terrible, but I see your point. I mean, Should the fact that the numbers that high at all be able to come cough on your children. Right, right. I say yes. <laughs> Let those kids figure. It's uh, shocking. It's not shocking actually. It's 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 interesting, but. And it's straight out of Thomas Sowell's brilliant uh, Conflict of Visions. Uh, read the first chapter. It's plenty. And it's uh, super informative. Uh, that there are people 
groups of people with very, very different mindsets about life. And those who have a particular mindset are much, much more welcoming of government uh, control. And, and they are much more worshipful of safety as opposed to opportunity. You know, the, uh, the, the grand and animating contest of freedom, as one of the uh, uh, founding fathers put it, you know, Thomas Jefferson's uh, messy freedom as opposed to uh, docile servitude. Uh, just there is a split in humanity. And and I, those of us, and you know what, those of you on the other side of it, you don't get us. You think we're reckless lunatics. Well, just you know, we prize liberty. Well, that and you were, you've been talking about um, if if we stay in our homes and people don't work, you're going to have deaths of despair. I've got the saddest uh, text we've ever gotten. I'm going to do it here, so it'll be at the end of the segment, so we can move on to something else. But listen to this on that topic. One of my cousins works at a nursing home in San Diego. The residents have joined the community for social reasons more than medical. A lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's very common. You go to those nursing homes, you want to hang, you want to hang around some people. You don't want to be alone right. in an apartment. Right. Uh, since the start of the quarantine, the home has had three deaths due to COVID-19 and about 40, which were labeled failure to thrive. This means they didn't pass due to specific medical complications, but more so that they gave up due to depression. These were healthy elderly adults who rapidly declined because they were no longer allowed to interact with family and friends. Humans, wow. are, humans are not built to be isolated. We are meant to be together. It's good for our mental and emotional health. That's undeniable. Yeah. Instead of the, and I, I don't want to be hurtful because I would rather persuade than offend. Instead of the overly simplistic, if these measures save only one life, it's worth it. I find that just to be horrifically simplistic. Try this one on. If we have to, if we have to sacrifice a quarter of a million people to save that fifty thousand people, we're willing to do that. That's the reality. Yeah. And nobody would subscribe to that notion. Everybody say, whoa, 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 whoa! You're going to kill two hundred fifty thousand to save fifty thousand and congratulate yourselves? No, it doesn't make any sense. We've got to reframe this argument. Good argument from a firefighter on why we need to open back up, and he's got a pension. He doesn't have to worry about it, uh, but he, he makes a pretty solid argument. Among other things on the way, Joe Biden and his wife tried to watch Tiger King. How did that go? <laughs> Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. watching any shows or reading any books? Finnegan, this is hysterical. So we everybody's watching this Tiger King show. Yeah. So I turned it on. And we watched it about 20 minutes. And Pop looks at me and said, what are we watching? I mean, it was like so crazy. <laughs> That's Jill Biden sitting around watching Tiger King with the family. Not a joke. What the that hell is about this? the same reaction I had. Joe Biden says, you know what I'd have done? I'd have gone up to that Joe Exotic and wrapped a chain around his head. My arguing <laughs> chain. But I'm going to wrap this chain around your head. Or was it I'd have taken him it was out back chain, behind yeah. the tiger cage and, and, and put a whooping on him. Done a push-up contest. <laughs> wrapped my apology chain around his head, Jack. Because I apologize for that. <laughs> I told him about my... 
experiences there at the pool with my hairy legs. <laughs> Speaking of Joe Biden, while we're on the topic, uh, the, the quoting Robbie Suave again of Reason, I like the people at Reason uh, often, um, pointing out that uh, a lot of Democratic voters are bo- bothered by a, an all-white ticket whenever they hear about uh, Joe Biden, Amy Klobuchar, or anything like that. Well, it turns out it's white liberals that are bothered by it. The black and Hispanic liberals are not bothered by it. Or black There's and Hispanic a shock. Yeah, not a shock at all. So if you're an educated white liberal, you're over 50% of people are bothered by the idea of an all-white ticket. Blacks and Hispanics, it's in the 20 percentile of, of yeah. caring about it. I don't care. I just want somebody who agrees with me. I think your key cohort is yes. people who have taken five or more stupidiculous social classes in college. People being offended on behalf of others is a problem we really have in this country. Yeah. and, and No, you know, I'm not offended, but that person probably offended by that. It would be merely amusing if it were not for the fact that racial quota and racial ethnic uh, divided political systems are uniformly corrupt and violent. Well, and, and what happens is that this is how you end up canceling your uh, your Easter parades and stuff like that. With the theory from some non-Muslim, white, educated person who thinks, well, Muslims could be offended by that. Right. So we need this to this must be offensive to them. Yeah, that sort of crap. Anyway, um, we were talking earlier about this. I think it's really interesting. The uh, When do we open the economy back up? When people can open their businesses back up? And somebody making the argument... A really good argument I hadn't heard yet is, look, these businesses pay taxes. Our tax revenue is going to is gonna just get decimated in this county, and we're right. not going to have money to pay all kinds of things. It's not just the mom-and-pop coffee shop that might go out of business. We're not going to have money for all kinds of different stuff. It's a huge problem. And right. I, I haven't heard anybody talk about it from that angle. And we got this uh, text. Which I thought was good, because I and and we've been regularly making the argument: people have got pensions or can't get fired. You're you're not looking at this the same way as those of us who don't. Well, as one of those government employees with a pension, I'm a firefighter. I promise you that a large swath of us are in the open are are, are in the open up ASAP crowd, knowing full well that anything affecting the local economies of the state directly affects the city's ability or desire depending on how the confrontation uh, goes down, to continue supporting debt budgets and retirement. Uh, Talking about how we paid into our pension, blah, 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 blah. And this has happened in various places in the country. Remember what had happened in Michigan. Sorry, retirees, you were promised this much money. Now you're going to get cents on the dollar for your pension. Right. So here's a firefighter saying, yeah, I got a pension, but we got to open these businesses back up because if the county goes broke enough, they're going to come for my pension. Well, and there's already an enormous unfunded pension liability bomb that's going to go off in a lot of your blue states within a decade or so. This ain't going to help. Oh, my gosh. No, it's an excellent point. It's an excellent point. Mm. And, and, well, not only that, but listen, maybe you're not concerned about those folks who did pay in their own money for years and years. The the fact that their uh, unions pitched wildly unrealistic formulas and the state being bribed bought it, you know, is, is a different problem, but... Uh, how about crumbling roads? How about the decimated school systems and or the rest of it? Y- yeah. So, hey, big government crowd. You like various programs? Some of the programs that I just hate to help the downtrodden? Some of these programs you care about? You're not going to have any money for them if you, nope, don't let, over. if you don't let the businesses open back up so they can make some money and pay the taxes. Sure. All that public assistance you want to free education for illegal immigrants isn't going to be any. There's going to be no money for it. 
I just, mm, and uh, I, I would like to see the administration doing a little better job of framing the argument. Uh, maybe they'd like to hire me for the next press secretary. Although I'm not blonde, I'm not not hot, hot and my boobs are not quite big enough. You don't look like you could be Miss America at all. No, 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 no. I see you parading across the stage in a bikini and high heels, and I just, I don't know, I think the crowd is going to (laughs) grow. Good Lord. Yeah. Not not for the faint of heart. Hey, the first corona deaths were dang near a month earlier than we thought. Yeah, that's new news. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 